Um, not many. I think we, we have like two more. Yeah. Oh, that's really sad. I know. Okay. I don't remember what what was said about my mic last time. Was something said? Oh, that like we, we would do like this, oh, like yeah, instead yeah, of talking yeah, to the mic. Thank you. Thank you. So yeah, maybe we could just be like that. Can you remind me? I don't even know what's the best way to remind me. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Cause I'm like you, Cheyenne. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, what am I gonna do? No, not oh. ten seconds. <laughs> Good afternoon and welcome to From Where We Are, stories of news and culture through the lens of USC and Southern California. I'm Jack Kruger coming to you live from Studio B in USC's Annenberg Media Center. And I'm Cheyenne Dixon. It's Monday, November 13th, 2023. Cheyenne, I've been wanting to change my name to Billy. <laughs> Why is that, Jack? Because then when I get a job as a radio host, they can call me a Billy on air. Okay, I get that one. I get that one. Anyways, on today's show. Big changes to the annual Grammy Awards. Indefinite closure on the I-10 freeway due to a massive fire. And a bill signed preventing youth fentanyl overdose. All that and more from where we are. But first, these news headlines. From Annenberg Radio News, I'm Nicolás Diaz-Magaloni with five stories in five minutes. Five quick hits to know what's happening at home and around the world. South Carolina Senator Tim Scott dropped out of the 2024 presidential race this Sunday after making a name for himself as the only black Republican in the Senate. Scott stated that he neither intends on running as vice president for another candidate, nor does he plan to endorse another candidate. South Carolina Senator Tim Scott dropped out of the 2024 presidential race this Sunday after making a name for himself as the only black Republican in the Senate. Scott stated that he neither intends on running as vice president for another candidate, nor does he plan to endorse another candidate. Gaza hospitals and patients were among the latest casualties of the Israel-Hamas war. Al-Shifa, Gaza City's main hospital, has had an evacuation due to little access to food, fuel, water, and being surrounded by Israeli forces. Today, a U.S. national security advisor agreed with the Israeli military that Hamas has set up a command node beneath the hospital. Hamas and hospital staff both deny the claim. President Joe Biden says that Shifa must be protected. Today, the Supreme Court adopts an ethics code as it was revealed that members were receiving property deals and gifts. Justice Clarence Thomas faced scrutiny for years of undisclosed luxury travel and gifts received. Justice Samuel Alito and Justice Neil Gorsuch also faced allegations of failing to disclose their connections to wealthy people. It still remains unclear who will be enforcing the rules for the ethics code and how. A stretch of the 10 freeways shut down indefinitely after a fire broke out at two storage yards. The detours will roughly impact 300,000 commuters in Los Angeles. Gavin Newsom reveals that there was malice intent behind the fire. Investigators are currently looking at arson as a possible cause. This weekend, USC meets UCLA football at the Rose Bowl. This comes as players on both teams have said that the rivalry games have mellowed. Although the animosity between the two teams may not have been what it once was, the stakes are as high as ever. For UCLA, the game gives them a chance at making the Pac-12 title game and will be their first Rose Bowl since 1999. For USC, it gives the players the shot at keeping their playoff hopes alive. I'm Nicolás Diaz-Magaloni. Those were just five of today's top stories. 
And that was Nicolas Diaz Magaloni with some of today's top headlines. Governor Newsom signed a bill last month aimed at preventing youth fentanyl overdose. This will be done through increased awareness, education, and training through mandatory school safety plans. The announcement of the bill's passage took place this morning in in South Pasadena. Gabriela Medina reports. Senate Bill 10, also known as Melanie's Law, was named after Melanie Ramos. She was a 15-year-old girl who lost her life after taking a pill that she did not know contained fentanyl. Ramos's mother, Elena Perez, is spearheading the movement to raise and spread awareness to prevent other young adults from overdosing. She expressed her gratitude and detailed how the loss of her daughter has impacted her at the announcement of the bill's passage this morning. It's of great importance. For me, it's a great honor that this law is being named after my girl, and it's of great importance for all the youth at all schools. They have the right to live. This new law will help them gain more information and give it to the young people and parents of families. Melanie Ramos was found dead on the floor of the girls' bathroom at Helen Bernstein High School in Hollywood in September of 2022. According to Perez's attorney, Luis Carrillo, the school called her mother at 12.30 p.m. saying she didn't show up to class, but she wasn't found until her friend's stepfather checked the girls' restroom eight hours later. By then, Carrillo says, it was too late to try to save her life. Melanie's law is now the law of the state of California. Hopefully in the future it will save lives because it mandates certain things. For example, it mandates that school safety plans include prevention and training for school staff so that other kids don't die of fentanyl overdoses. The new law will give every public middle and high school in California Narcan, a nasal spray that can reverse the effects of an overdose. It will also mandate preventative training for California school employees and educate students on the growing risk of exposure to fentanyl. And so we're very grateful that the state has this kind of a law to protect kids in the future and to protect mothers from suffering like Elena Perez is suffering. Perez and Carrillo are hopeful that the law will put an end to the growing fentanyl overdose epidemic in California and in the United States at large. I don't want parents to suffer the loss of their children. I don't want them to feel the pain I'm feeling. It's very painful. For Annenberg Media, I'm Gabriela Medina. USC economics professor responds to the viral incident this past Thursday at a walkout put on by Trojans for Palestine. Zifei Zhang has the story. A USC professor was put on leave following comments he made at a peaceful demonstration mourning Palestinians killed in Gaza since the start of the war. Here are his comments from an unedited video taken Thursday at Tommy Trojan and obtained by Annenberg Media. Professor Strauss, I believe. The professor spoke to Annenberg Media today to defend his comments, which he said were in reference to Hamas, not all Palestinians. The rest and most of the people were seated down on the on on sort of the stone bench by Tommy Trojan, 
And one of them, a woman, I don't know who, yelled out, shame on you, Professor Strauss, shame on you. And um, I immediately yelled back, no, shame on you. You were ignorant about Hamas. Hamas are murderers. That's all they are. They should all die, every one of them. The economics professor expressed why he felt compelled to give his comment on the situation. Strauss explains the backlash he has faced following the public release of his statements. Uh, associate dean from the college phoned me to tell me that the provost had put me on administrative leave with full pay for the rest of the semester and that I would be allowed to teach on Zoom my PhD class, but not my undergraduate class. One eyewitness said she felt scared and threatened by his comments. To be a student isolated on this campus and not have a space to mourn and to grieve and to be with people who can support, I think it was important for us to provide that. But an older man had walked through the crowd of people and he um, yelled Israel forever and proceeded to walk upon the names of the Palestinian students who were killed and then circled back and stopped in front of a bunch of Muslim women and yelled Israel forever, Hamas gone. In response to that student speaking and saying, we're here to pay respects, he then says, everyone should be killed and I hope they all are. And so the intent was very clear to all of us there. Witnesses said at the beginning of the event, Strauss stepped on a list of names on the ground of Palestinians who were killed by Israeli strikes. He denied doing so intentionally. I was apparently started to step on a few and not intentionally when I when the person yelled shame on you professor strauss so i moved towards that person um and that then i must have stepped on a on 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 a sign or two usc on friday offered a brief statement on the incident we are aware of a social media post showing a faculty member engaging with demonstrators on our campus we are looking into this the statement read we encourage everyone in the USC community to respect others' views and act with civility towards each other. The campus climate has been tense for more than a month, and this incident has only deepened divisions. An Annenberg media reporter who wrote the story about Strauss's comments at the demonstration shared their views about this moment at USC. People are very emotionally overloaded. People feel really raw. People feel really vulnerable. People feel really frightened. And people feel really hurt. So that, that grief and that pain and that, um, that, that rawness is something that I absolutely see as a significant through line. Universities in recent weeks have been the forefront of heated discussions about the conflict in the Middle East, and USC is no exception. For Annenberg Media, I'm Zifei Zeng. Yesterday morning, massive fires erupted downtown on the I-10 highway, closing it down indefinitely. These closures have impacted USC students and faculty. Hunter Denu has the story. Massive fires erupted downtown on the I-10 freeway on early Sunday morning, causing the indefinite closure of the highway from Alameda Street to Santa Fe Avenue. The fire was first reported around 12.30 a.m. at a pallet yard located under the freeway on East 14th and Alameda Street. Towering flames and thick smoke engulfed the freeway, melting guardrails and damaging fire trucks. 
Thankfully, no one was reported injured. The detours will roughly impact 300,000 commuters in Los Angeles. Commuters throughout the greater LA region are advised to expect delays and plan to utilize other routes and modes of transportation. The current state of the highway is still under an ongoing investigation by Caltrans. Randall Winston, the deputy mayor of reception for Los Angeles Mayor Karen Bass, spoke on the devastating fire. Since Saturday, uh, the mayor has been working urgently with state and federal partners to inform Angelinos and respond to this emergency, uh, again, as you have all heard. Angelinos can visit emergency.lacity.gov for more information. Uh, we'll continue to get out the message uh, both uh, throughout the day and moving forward. What you're seeing here today is a great example of this uniform response. With hundreds of thousands of commuters being affected by the fire and reconstruction and safety measures being finished, Angelinos will be forced to adapt to reach their destinations on time. Will Hahn, a USC senior studying communications, will be affected greatly by the fire and the future delays it will cause. So it's like a pretty weird route. So like that sort of like hit me pretty hard with the commute today. And during the commute, like I got a notice like on my phone that like, oh, the freeway is going to be closed indefinitely. So that's like pretty daunting, like thinking about how that's going to affect like my commute in like coming days. Mm -hmm. Forward. Yeah. So got to start waking up earlier. <laughs> got to start heading out earlier. So I'll probably like portion out or like cut out like 30 more minutes early in terms of like waking up, getting ready, heading out and whatnot. For now, commuters will have to avoid the destruction-ridden highway, but other modes of transportation like the metro, train, and other ride-sharing apps like Uber and Lyft may be able to help. For Annenberg Media, I'm Hunter Denyo. With the year coming to a close, award season is rapidly approaching. The Grammys is making a lot of changes this year with over 50 first-time nominees and three new award categories. With all these changes beg the question, are people even going to watch it? We asked USC students what they thought. Dominic Varela has the story. The Recording Academy has released nominations for the 2024 Grammys, which will air from Crypto.com Arena in Los Angeles in February. A bevy of celebrated artists, from Taylor Swift to Ice Spice, were recognized by what many consider to be the premier award in the global music industry. But are people still watching the Grammys? The latest Grammys ceremony on TV pulled in just over 12 million viewers. This was an increase over the previous two editions, but it still stands as the third least watched Grammys of all time. This begs the question, do the Grammys really matter? Well. I think culturally, um, a lot of these award shows are starting to be questioned by society in general. Ayanda Fuzane, a vocal arts and opera student at USC, says no, fewer people put stock in the Grammys. Because um, there are rigging systems and they are like inequitable um, and like, yeah, there, there aren't completely honest ways of measuring people's talent. Viewership for award shows in general have steadily declined over the past decade as younger viewers shift away from network TV in favor of streaming. In recent years, artists and fans have called the Grammy's relevancy and importance into question, especially amid controversies surrounding the nomination process and a perceived lack of transparency from the Grammy committee. 
Journalism major Amanda Murphy thinks poor presentation is responsible for declining viewership. Well, I usually I start watching the Grammys, but it, since it's such a long, um, I guess, celebration of artists, I kind of end up like doing something else because it's like a three hour long um, event. And so I end up just turning it off and um, looking at who won Grammys after. Music composition major Luke Eldridge thinks the awards are less about talent and more about who's trending. It was like, I feel like the Grammys kind of overlook good music now, especially in that drama, and just kind of try to put out what's popular, nominate what's popular. Those students watch the Grammys. Psychology major Daphne Carbajal doesn't. I don't think I keep up enough with like social media, pop culture enough to like really be interested or impacted by it. Um, the only like news I've ever heard was like Will Smith and like that whole slapping incident. But other than that, it's not something that I necessarily keep up with. I don't think most of my friends either. The 66th edition of the Grammys this February will look to capture the hearts of younger viewers before it's too late. For Annenberg Media, I'm Dominic Varela. Continuing the conversation on the Grammys, we have USC Thornton School of Music student Sophie Bronis with us. Welcome, Sophie. Thanks for coming. Hi. How are you today? I'm pretty good. Okay, so obviously you're a big music enthusiast. I just want to know, like, your basic thoughts on the nominations this year. Do you think there was any snubs? Um, honestly, I feel like all of the artists that were nominated are pretty much the same people we've been seeing nominated That's over true. the past few years. Yeah. Um, like specific snubs I can't think of but like I said it's the same kind of people over and over again and I think more people deserve to get their music recognized. Do you think this has to do with trends and now like the evolution of like TikTok and how music is trending all the time there? Oh yeah like 100% um, popularity with music just influences how the recording academy sees uh, musicians and like Taylor Swift being one of the main artists that is oh, um, yeah. nominated, like her tour was huge. Even mm -hmm. people who don't listen to her music saw her tour yeah. and used audios on TikTok to look like duet videos of the tour. And that kind of popularity through social media, I think, is really important to how many people are getting uh, nominated. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a big contender. I was talking to Cheyenne. I feel like no matter what Taylor Swift put out, she would have gotten nominated, you know, whereas mm -hmm. like Midnight's was good, but I don't think it's incredible yeah. um and so yeah i just feel like she would have gotten nominated either way so it yeah. definitely is i think you know they have some bias when it comes to that do you think they try to be objective or do you think they're always going to be subjective um i think music in general is a subjective topic mm -hmm. especially with interests like i can give the uh grammys like some gr like some leeway because everyone likes music that's different like no one has the same music taste everyone mm -hmm. shares kind of the same thing but things are popular dependent on that person right um but i think they're just trying to promote the artists that are already being promoted and just show like oh we can have them here and definitely yeah. yeah mostly mm -hmm. popularity yeah i think the only issue with that too is like it also takes away from the accolades of some of these artists like Nicki minaj has been nominated now with this 66 grammy 
12 times Mm -hmm. and she's not won one Grammy. So it's like it's also kind of thinking about just the fact of like not only who's trending, but who's qualified to get these records of the years and stuff like that. Like not just music taste, but who's deciding this hierarchy. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Sure. We also saw like The Weeknd didn't get nominated for Blinding Lights when yeah. that happened. And, you know, he was upset about that, rightfully so. And also the thing with Mac Miller mm-hmm. when like they brought his family out and then he didn't end up winning the award. I feel like they are kind of corrupt in many ways. There's yeah. like a blacklist. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are there any artists that you um, like besides the Grammys that you are been listening to recently and you hope to see maybe soon on an award show? Um, I'm a really big fan of Monoskin. They mm. won Eurovision, which was really impressive. But I think they're very close to getting a Grammy they're really popular here and I mean their music is trending mm-hmm. at yeah. least and their music's good <laughs> sweet well, I gotta check them out me too yeah. we're looking forward to seeing them soon well Definitely. we thank you Sophie yeah thank you so much us. for joining us yeah we appreciate it okay, 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 okay. all right step. we look at my fantasy I stay in reality you live in my dream state anytime I count she This past weekend, Tyler, the creator, hosted his Camp Vlognaut Festival for the first time since 2019 at the Dodger Stadium. He's hosted this since 2012. Dominic Fike, Earl Sweatshirt, Ice Spice, Caliuchas, SZA, Lil Yachty, Pink Panthers, Kendrick Lamar, and Baby Keem all performed. Yeah, according to the site, 90,000 people attended, making the festival completely sold out. It's estimated that the festival garnered around $17 million in ticket sales. The amount of people going almost doubled since 2019, where 50,000 tickets were sold at that time. So, yeah, we were thinking about the fact that, like, I think concert culture has really changed a lot since the pandemic. Since the lockdown, yeah. A lot, yeah. I feel like there's pros and cons, because obviously you have inflation and, like, ticket prices are insane. It was $350 a pop yeah. to go to Camp Vlogna, you know, not including food and transportation. But then also it's like, I feel like a lot of people are more happy to go to the movie theater, or go to a festival like this, you know, and see each other. So. Oh, I agree. I think at the time when uh, Coachella was really popular, it was like, that was the whole point of it that you camped out. And like, it was so, yeah. it was so crazy that people would do that. But I feel like nowadays anyone would do anything for any music festival. People would pay an arm and a leg just to attend it. And I thought I, that was a Coachella thing, but it looks like everyone just wants to be a part of that culture now. Definitely. It's all concerts are selling out in seconds. I mean, Camp Flogna sold out right away like you said 90,000 people which was their limit sold out like immediately I had like friends like scrapping for tickets like seeing who they could get it from but it's crazy there's such high demand for concerts and just all um, activities like that now yeah I think it's really important to also talk about safety I know at one point they did put articles out when Travis had his Astroworld one but I think safety is really important too because now that the amount of people attending these events are increasing it's also important to increase the security increase the awareness of like other people around you like i know Definitely. i've had moments where i've been stuck in mosh pits and like that's a lot that's yeah happened this time i think there also should be a lot more like surveillance of the mosh pits and of, of everyone course. in the crowd because i mean there's so much going on you know there's loud music there's ninety thousand people in the crowd like literally well i'm yeah. curious what's your dream lineup if you can make oh my gosh festival? my dream lineup i do want to see SZA. i've never seen her in person you should have um, been at Flognog this I should, weekend. No, literally, I was thinking Flognog is my dream lineup. I love Kendrick Lamar. I love SZA. I love, I love Dominic Fike. All of them. What, what about you, Cheyenne? Um, it changes. I think, like, I agree. Kendrick was so good in concert. I would mm-hmm. love to also see, like, Dominic Fike. So I guess, yeah, I'm Flognog as well. Right? They really got the yeah, lineup well. Yeah, they did well. really well they this did well. year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Well, maybe we can go next year. Yeah, well, maybe we should go. <laughs> right? We'll go together. Of course. All right. Awesome. 
And that's all we have time for on today's From Where We Are. One moment. And that's all we have time for on today's From Where We Are. Jordan Paul Slater, Gabrielle Medina, and Zipay Zhang produced today's show. Thank you to our multimedia journalist team, Ariel Chang, Isabel Crespo, Nimbai Isaias, and Issa Johnson. Sam Bittman runs our soundboard, Cooper Brown is our live stream manager, and Derek Renfro composed our theme music. Catch us live on YouTube at Annenberg Radio News Monday through Thursday at 5 p.m. Subscribe to From Where We Are on whatever channel you're listening to right now. Finally, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Annenberg Radio. I'm Cheyenne Dixon. And I'm Jack Kruger. From all of us at Annenberg Radio, wherever you are, we hope you'll join us again for From, From Where, Where We, we Are. are.